2: Here we go again. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this Wednesday podcast of the Miller Frost show. I am your host, Miller Frost, joined as always by my fake black friend White Boy Malcolm X. And I hope everyone is having a good week so far. Things here are going just fine, although White Boy Malcolm X, 83 minutes for Sunday's podcast. <laughs> no more, no more. I thought that was the longest podcast we had ever done. But I did look, folks, and no, it is actually the third longest podcast we've done. We did a couple of them around 84 minutes, 85 minutes last year, but that was the longest podcast we have done this year. So this time, White Boy Malcolm X, to balance that off, 30 minutes, which curses me to not quite an hour. I figure (laughs) I do almost twice as long as I predict, but yeah. Let's go ahead and keep this one a short one, so go ahead and throw something at me if I get out of control with my rants. If you want to get hold of me, you can do that a couple different ways. My email is Miller at Millerfrostonline dot com and my parlor handle that is at Millerfrost. And I see folks, if you haven't heard the good news, Parlor is coming back to the App Store. I think they predict it will be back there next Monday, but we'll see. I'm going to keep checking every day to see if it's back. But yeah, I was actually able to save it before it got accidentally deleted off my phone. So I still have the app. It doesn't work quite as well as it used to, I guess, because there have been no updates to it. But it is back, hopefully before Monday, but we'll keep an eye on it here. And uh, if we see it over the weekend, I will let you know on our Sunday podcast. As we like to do at the top of each podcast, we usually do corrections, but this one I'm not quite sure it's a correction or not. On Sunday's podcast, I was complaining about Comcast Xfinity blocking the parlor site. I could not access it on my phone or my MacBook Pro when I was on my Wi-Fi network, which is through them, but if I took my cell phone off of Wi-Fi and I went to the cellular network, I could pull it up right away. So I was blaming Comcast Xfinity for blocking the website. And I don't know whether they were listening to the podcast and now they're just gaslighting me, (laughs) but sometimes I can access it randomly, but for the most part, no, it is still blocked if I try to access the site on my Wi-Fi network. But yeah, every so often Comcast Xfinity, those virgin pajama boys that want to be just like those virgin pajama boys over at Twitter and Facebook and Google, sometimes they let it through, but yeah, more often than not, I still cannot access it, but thankfully at least I have the cellular network, so they are not going to get me off a parlor. So you stupid, woke, virgin pajama boys over at Comcast Xfinity, screw you. But let's face it, folks. We all know that it is going to get worse before it gets better. Anyway, let's go ahead and jump into our news quick hits. And like I said, wipe Malcolm X, short, short, short. I want a short podcast. So an hour. <laughs> I'll take an hour at this point, hey. I will take anything under 83 minutes. So for our first story, and I can't even believe I'm reporting on this, from the Epoch Times, Michigan governor traveled to Florida despite urging residents to stay home. So yes, folks, another member of the ruling class. Rules are for thee, not for me. And that is the wicked witch of the Midwest, as I like to call her, Gretchen Whitmer, that bumbling idiot up in Michigan, Is telling everyone to stay home, but nah, she's going to Florida where it's completely open. (laughs) So let's find out a little bit more about that. Here are a couple pull quotes. Michigan's governor recently traveled to Florida despite warning residents against taking out-of-state trips. Her office disclosed on Monday. Spokespersons for Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer told news outlets that the Democrat took what they described as a personal trip to visit her father about one month ago. So her father, folks, is the one that got the brains in the family. He's like, man, I am going to go down and live in Florida. I'm not going to live in that dump that my stupid, feckless daughter manages. <laughs> I'm out of Michigan. I am out of there. The governor has repeatedly warned against traveling out of state because of the COVID-19 pandemic. And official state guidance said that it is safest to avoid out-of-state travel at this time. And I think White by Malcolm X, she is one of the lockdown queens. Not only is she the wicked witch of the Midwest, and I wonder if she took her broom down to Florida. She didn't fly commercial. But yeah, she's one of those lockdown queens. They got that state locked down tight. And what has it gotten her? Nothing, right? They've got a new outbreak, I hear, up in Michigan, despite all her lockdowns. (laughs) I guess no one's listening to her because she's not even listening to herself. That's why it is spreading around like it is. I mean, even her dopey husband, I think he got caught sometime last year around Memorial Day for trying to put the boat in the water. (laughs) and used her name to do it, but yeah, chalk that one up to another feckless governor, her along with Andy Cuomo and that gay face, Gavin Newsom. They're trying to recall out there in California, so great job there, Gretchen. But I hope you enjoyed Florida, and I hope you learned something. (laughs) You look kind of stupid to me, not like you're going to learn much, but I hope you took from that visit to daddy that you can have your state completely unlocked and everything will be just fine. <laughs> Who are we kidding with that one? From the Daily Caller, Creepy Uncle Joe the Hair Sniffer says he is prepared to compromise in bipartisan infrastructure meeting. Uh-oh, folks, infrastructure, that means the Department of Transportation, and what does the Department of Transportation mean? Pocket Queen Pete. And no, we still don't know how short that Pocket Queen Pete Boudjes is. We will find out one of these days, Pete. We are going to find out just how short you are. I'm going to have an army of people out there with little rulers, <laughs> little 12-inch rulers to capture how short you are, and we will get that, and we are going to broadcast it on this podcast. So you, Pete, you better watch yourself because we are going to get that short height out of you yet. Yeah. Anyway, let's go ahead and dig into this. Here are a couple of pull quotes. President Creepy Uncle Joe the Hairsniffer told a bipartisan group of legislators that he is prepared to compromise on his $2.25 trillion infrastructure plan at a White House meeting Monday. Republicans have criticized Biden's infrastructure plan for allegedly having little to do with roads and bridges, no kidding, arguing that it is instead a disguise for unrelated Democratic Party priorities. Biden and the Democrats argue the definition of infrastructure ought to be expanded to include welfare, climate initiatives, and other programs. So in other words, they might as well just call the whole budget infrastructure, because they are throwing everything in the kitchen sink into this stupid $2.25 trillion infrastructure bill. But white boy Malcolm X, I have to say, and to you folks out there, I got to say the same thing. I am worried about this white boy, Malcolm X, how this is going to affect pocket queen Pete, right? Because I'm sure pocket queen Pete is all proud and happy. He is drooling at the prospect of having control over not only his usual budget, but an additional $2.25 trillion. That is a lot of money to rain down on all the woke folk out there <laughs> because they're basically going to call anything and everything infrastructure infrastructure if it fits into the pockets of their of their friends and cronies and all that kind of fun stuff. I tell you what, though, folks, if creepy Uncle Joe the hair sniffer, if he starts lopping off, you know, billions and billions of dollars off this thing, I don't know what's going to go on in the Buttigieg household because I'm sure that pocket queen, Pete Buttigieg, has been bragging to all the other queens in town about how much money he's going to have. And I'm sure Chastin... His husband, that low rank queen from Indiana, I'm sure that queen has been going around telling all his friends, you know what? My husband, Pete, he's the secretary of transportation. He's got buku money to spend, but creepy Uncle Joe, the hair sniffer, he's going to give us $2.25 trillion to spend too. And Pete said we can call basically whatever we want infrastructure and spend money on it. And so you bitches, if you want some of that money, you better kiss my butt and kiss my fancy shoes. I mean, let's face it, folks, that that would be a very uncomfortable conversation in the Buttigieg household if creepy Uncle Joe, the hair sniffer, he lopped some of that money off. I mean, I can see Chaston, folks. I can see him getting very, very upset with Pocket Queen Pete. Pete, Pete, what is this news that I'm reading in the newspaper about creepy Uncle Joe, the hair sniffer, compromising with those evil Nazi Republicans? Well, Chastin, this is part of the legislative process. Well, I don't care about the legislative process. What about that $2.25 trillion I get to spend? Well, Chastin, that's technically not your money to spend. Well, I'm sorry. I don't care. It's taxpayer money. That's my money, right? No, not really, Chaston. Well, I've been telling people that we are going to spend that money on infrastructure. What have you been telling people? Well, I have been saying that we can redo all the gay bars in the D.C. area because that is technically infrastructure. Well, I don't know if it was intended quite for that. Well, I think it was. Well, Chasten. okay, maybe we can get by with that, but I don't think you should spend any more of that money. Well, I also want to fix up all the gay bars in Indiana because that Miller Frost, that evil podcaster, he calls me a low-rent queen from Indiana. But if all the gay bars in the state of Indiana are fabulous, and I know they can be with $2.25 trillion worth of investment in their infrastructure, then I will not be called low-rent anymore. I don't think we should spend $2.25 trillion on remodeling gay bars in Indiana. Well, maybe $2 trillion? No, I think we can compromise there. Well, I'm not going to compromise too much. I've already promised some people, and you cannot make me look bad in this city. I tell you what, let's talk about this when I get home tonight, Chaston. They got the bicycle loaded up in the car, and I need to get going. Well, I still don't know why you get driven all the way just to go one block on your bicycle. Well, you know, it's because I have to look good. Well, if you wanted to look good, people... You would not be wearing those cheap suits because every time you ride them for one block they get all dirty. They are cheap and they are fraying and I gotta take them to the dry cleaners all the time. And if you want to fix the infrastructure, you need to fix the road between this house and the dry cleaner because I'm going to tell you one thing. There are too many potholes. So if you want to spend $2.25 trillion and you're not going to let me spend it remodeling the gay bars in D.C. and Indiana then you need to fix that road because I am tired of driving on it and hitting those potholes and you better take some of that money and get me a new front-end alignment for my car. Okay, Chaston, I'll see you later. See, folks, I do not want there to be that level of arguing in the Buttigieg household over how to spend $2.25 trillion, because folks, if you give that pocket queen, Pete Buttigieg, access to that kind of money, you think Chaston isn't going to be spreading it around to all his gay folk and all those gay bars he wants to hang out in, act all hoity-toity, Bless both your hearts, but you girls need to not spend that money, (laughs) not on that crap. Hi, I'm Tastin, I paid for this remodel with infrastructure funds from the federal government, so you bitches worship me. (laughs) Okay, enough of the Buttigieg girls. This next story, folks, this is a sad one, and it is from Entertainment Weekly. Casa Bonita Restaurant, made famous by South Park, Files for bankruptcy. Uh-oh, let's find out what's going on there. Casa Bonita, the Mexican restaurant in Lakewood, Colorado, that was prominently featured in South Park, could be in danger of closing its doors. Summit Family Restaurants Incorporated, which owns Casa Bonita, filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy at the beginning of April, according to court documents obtained by local affiliate Fox 31 Denver KDVR. The establishment, including its arcade, waterfall, and cave attractions, has been mentioned multiple times on South Park, but was most prominent in the Season 7 episode, Casa Bonita. It also featured in the South Park, the Fractured But Whole video game, which launched in 2017. And folks, I have actually been to the Casa Bonita restaurant (laughs) once. I only went once, but I'll tell you what, folks, once was enough for me. And I remember watching that Casa Bonita episode on South Park, and I actually looked it up for the podcast. That was back in 2003. And so I think I went there in like 2011, 2012. It was the Denver days, Wipeout Malcolm X, but you were not there, I don't believe. I didn't think so. But a couple of us went over there, and the only reason we went over there was because a friend of mine was like, I want to go to Casa Bonita for my birthday. <laughs> of all the places. So I had never been. I didn't even think it was a real place. I figured South Park was just having some fictitious restaurant. But no, folks, now it's not as fancy as it is in South Park, but it's pretty close. I have to say (laughs) they did a slightly over the top version of the restaurant, but it's not like a typical restaurant where you just go in, you get seated at a table and you order. If I remember correctly, it was like a cattle call. (laughs) You got in this long line. It took us forever to get the food and you order the food, then you pick up the food. It was like cafeteria style in that sense. And then you get your food and then you go sit down and then you have to wait forever to get a cocktail. (laughs) It's like, can I order three at one time? Because A, I'm never going to see you again. And B, that's what I need to enjoy this place. (laughs) Lots and lots and lots of booze. But yeah, unfortunately, it looks like Casa Bonita is about to see the wrong end of a Chapter 11 bankruptcy. And folks if it does open back up again, it's worth, I would say, kind of worth going and just seeing it for the experience. It's like a, it's like a Las Vegas casino in that sense. I mean, it's a complete freak show. Don't get me wrong, (laughs) but that's a Las Vegas casino, right? Any of those casinos you just walk around. It's like, man, this is a human train wreck parade, but that's the same thing at Casa Bonita. If you're interested in that, if that is your thing, you are into all that. Yeah. When they open back up, pop over to Casa Bonita for an Entertaining evening. But don't blame me if you get an upset stomach. Now it's not like Taco Bell. God. White boy Malcolm X, these poor folks are in Chapter 11 bankruptcy and you're mocking their food as Taco Bell. No. Stop it over there. Good God. Okay, we're going to move on from that one. This is from the Post Millennial. Unlawful assembly declared in Portland as Antifa... Yes, folks, the Antifa, that is just an idea, it's not people or a movement, breaks windows at Boys and Girls Club during riot. And yes, folks, the first thing I thought about was that chick from Sunday story from our podcast on Sunday, Alma Yesenia Raven Guido. And yes, Raven Guido is, of course, hyphenated. She's a little 19-year-old brat. She is a journalism student at the University of Oregon. She got busted recently for having a grand gay old time rioting and looting and what have you. Something like that, allegedly. But yeah, she got busted because a tattletale snitched on her. They've got a spy over in Antifa tattletaling on folks, and she was one of them that got caught doing a lot of damage. But here are some pull quotes with that. A group of over 100 Antifa rioters smashed windows and blocked traffic on Monday night as the Portland Police Bureau was forced to declare an unlawful assembly for the fourth time in the span of a week. Man, folks. I would hate to be in the Portland Police Bureau. (laughs) Those unlawful assembly declarations are not worth the paper they're probably printed on. It's like that dopey parent that actually never follows through. If you don't do this, you're going to go to your room. You're going to get your toys taken away. All this bad stuff is going to happen to you. And the kids are like, you know, blowing a raspberry at the parents. Screw you. Screw you, you dumb idiot. Right? Because... (laughs) The parent is never going to follow through on the threat, right? So the Portland Police Bureau is out there going, hey, guys, guys, we're going to declare this an unlawful assembly if you don't stop, right? And they never stop, right? It's Antifa, right? And so they're like, okay, guys, this is an unlawful assembly. You need to go away, right? And a hundred of them are still looting and rioting and having a grand gay old time and just ignoring the poor Popo, those uh, emasculated police officers over in Portland. And I don't mean to pick on those police officers in Portland, I know their hands are completely tied on this one. That dope Ted Wheeler, he's not letting them go out there and show them, show those kids they mean business, but yeah, like that is ever going to happen. The declaration was made within 30 minutes after the protest march began and activists began a spree of vandalism. People in this crowd are destroying windows at a local community center that serves children, PPB tweeted, as rights of these guys. They're tweeting, the Portland Police Bureau is on Twitter, tweeting about things going on, not actually going out and doing anything about it. They tweeted, as rioters smashed the windows of the Blazers Boys and Girls Club next to the North Portland Police Precinct. In response to the violence, authorities reportedly made targeted arrests. So I guess they, like, arrested one or two people. (laughs) That's what I'm assuming, folks. It is Portland, right? They... Brought in one or two people so they could say, hey guys, look, we made arrests in this violence and this looting and rioting and they were out there having a grand gale time, but we we arrested a couple of them. And of course they let them go, right? They charged them with a couple of misdemeanors and off they went on their merry way to continue the mayhem. You know, folks, as I was reading this, it brought back to mind a story we had, God, I don't know how many months ago, but it was about BLM wanting to divorce themselves from Antifa, right? Because BLM is supposed to be... (laughs) allegedly, a peaceful protest, right? Or a mostly peaceful protest, right? Even though there's fire and looting and rioting and them having a grand gay old time out there, right? They they wanted to divorce themselves from Antifa, who was just, they just want to skip the mostly peaceful part and loot and riot and burn and have a grand gay old time. Notwithstanding anything else, they just want to they're there to have fun, right? And do all that kind of fun stuff. But I was trying to figure out, though, White Boy Malcolm X, because Alma Yesenia Raven Guido, and yes, remember, folks, Raven Guido is hyphenated. She was doing BLM riots, right? But she was also doing Antifa riots. So clearly they have not gotten any sort of divorce there. They're kind of intermixed there. But I'm trying to figure out, folks, who exactly is BLM and who exactly is Antifa? Now, we know, folks, from prior stories that BLM is mostly hysterical white millennial and Gen Z chicks, right? White women make up the bulk of the stormtroopers of the BLM movement. But that's not really what Antifa is. And the best I can tell of Antifa, it's just a bunch of emo boys. These little pansy boys, they like to get dressed up in black and act all cool. Now, when the Proud Boys show up, they get their asses kicked every single time. What the Portland Police Bureau needs to do, I mean, let's just speak frankly about this, what they need to do is deputize the Proud Boys and let the Proud Boys go in because it's just a bunch of pansy boys anyway. All they're going to do is run and cry to mommy and then go down into the basement and defile themselves or defile the sex doll in the corner there, play video games, whatever, right? A bunch of woke virgin emo boys there. <laughs> Bless their hearts. But, I mean, something needs to be done about that, right? At some point, they will have broken every single piece of glass in the city of Portland. Although now that I think about it, I should invest in glass shops in the city of Portland. I bet they are making huge bank repairing all those windows. (laughs) But yeah, something eventually has to be done about this. They can only burn and break down and loot so long before it's like, okay, we have trashed this city completely. What are we going to do now, right? So you folks over at the Portland Police Bureau, man up and take care of business. But folks, but. I do have to say, I do have to make one caveat here, because in this case, in this particular case, when they broke, they smashed the windows at the Blazers Boys and Girls Club next to the North Portland Police Precinct, right? They did that. But folks, I can really understand why they did that. And if you are screaming at this podcast going, Miller! Miller, there is absolutely no reason for them to smash windows and loot and riot and have a grand gale time. And they really shouldn't be trashing the Blazers Boys and Girls Club. That is just so horrible. Those kids need a safe space to go to. Well, yes, folks. Yes, I can normally see that. But this is Portland, Oregon, right? This is a woke center of this country, right? They are uber woke out there. And as woke Miller, and let's face it, folks, I am the most woke person that I know. I understand why they completely smashed the windows of the Blazers Boys and Girls Club, and the reason I say that is because I know that they were triggered. And if you don't know why they were triggered, you're just not woke enough. I I can't fix that, but let me explain it to you like this. They go down there, they're looting, they're rioting, they're burning, and having a grand gay old time as usual, right? And they show up and, boys and girls club, my God, how exclusionary. Don't they know there are actually eight genders? <laughs> and folks, these clowns over at the Blazers Boys and Girls Club did not recognize six of the eight identified genders. And that is exclusionary. That is unwoke. And they deserve to get their window smashed until it says the boys and girls and transgender and agender, gender fluid, bi gender, gender queer, and questioning club. Until it does that, until it gets woke. They don't deserve the windows they have. And I, folks, quite frankly, I really just, in this one case, I cannot really, truly, fully blame Antifa for being triggered by seeing just the Boys and Girls Club. And I hope that makes sense to you, folks. (laughs) But it should if you are woke enough. Is that too insensitive, White Boy Malcolm X? Just a little (laughs) Man, I tell you what though, until they crack down on these kids, until they start knocking skulls around, they are going to keep getting more of the same. This little, we're just going to do some targeted arresting here and there and just slap people with every so often a felony, but mostly misdemeanors, and we're not actually going to press charges. They get more of the same behavior. You folks in Portland, though, (laughs) stupid hurts, and I figure you all had hurt enough, but I guess not. This is from Campus Reform. Berkeley is looking for an employee to run climate healing circles with BIPOC activists. And let's face it, folks, a climate healing circle with BIPOC activists? (laughs) That has got to be the most miserable place on Earth. And here are a couple pull quotes there. If you folks are out there wanting to apply for this job, The University of California, Berkeley, is looking to hire a wellness and environmental justice coordinator that will run environmentally focused student programs such as meetups with Bay Area QT+, and BIPOC climate activists, climate healing circles, and wellness collaboration days and more. And no folks, I have absolutely no idea what a climate healing circle is, but one can imagine with the BIPOC folks sitting around, (laughs) Talking about whitey and the climate. One can only imagine what goes on there. The QT+, plus, I looked that up, and I think that is queer and transgender. I don't know what the plus is for, but I'm assuming it's for everyone else, just like LGBTQ+. plus. I don't know why the L, the G, and the B are excluded from that. I guess nobody wants to be around a bunch of bisexuals anyway. <laughs> the laziest group in the tribe. I mean, let's face it, folks, they will do anyone. <laughs> And I guess they've had enough of us queens and the lesbians. They're like, well, we only want the queer and the (laughs) transgender. They're the only one of that lot we'll take and, of course, all the BIPOC folks. To be considered for the job, the applicant must have an intention of justice and liberation over status quo reformation in addition to a bachelor's degree and at least two years of experience in sustainability or environmental jobs. So let's go ahead and dissect that for just a second. First thing, you have to have a bachelor's degree for this stupid job, white boy Malcolm X. I mean, all you're doing is running a climate healing circle. I mean, what is that with the BIPOC folks sitting around? Seriously, it is literally just a bunch of pissed off, <laughs> pissed off, angry leftists complaining about Whitey in a circle. I don't think that needs a bachelor's degree, but okay, I guess at the University of California, Berkeley, it does. Justice, of course, we know what that means, Right. Somebody's about to get screwed, and liberation, there they go again with that mantra. (laughs) White boy Malcolm X's theory is that has to do with slavery, but the only people complaining about that to date are just multi-millionaire social justice warriors, those rich woke folk complaining about needing to be liberated, so I guess that's going on there as well. The job is part-time, and folks, that just means there are no benefits, and we'll pay $23.95 to $25.34 per hour. The position is housed in the Student Environmental Resource Center, which is a department within the Dean of Students' office. We are looking for equity-minded applicants, so yes folks, those who are willing to screw someone else, who represent the full diversity of California, so no straight white males, and who demonstrate a sensitivity to and understanding of the diverse academic Socioeconomic, cultural, disability, gender identity, sexual orientation, and ethnic backgrounds present in our community. God, that is exhausting. I would hate to be the queen with a clipboard <laughs> having to check all those boxes to make sure they got all that from the job description. Good God. So we've already ruled out, folks, we have already ruled out heterosexual white men. Do not even bother. I don't care how woke you are. I don't care how much of a virgin pajama boy you are. You go in there and go, uh, yes, I would like to uh, apply for this job. I'd like to be a wellness and environmental justice coordinator. Those BIPOC folk in that office are going to beat your stupid lily white ass <laughs> all the way down the hall and out the building. So don't even bother. You do not need that beat down. And I'm assuming, folks, that they probably are not looking too favorably on white women either. I mean, We have had a couple articles now where they have trashed liberal white women, (laughs) talking about white women's tears, those dopey white liberal chicks who go about with their social justice chip on their shoulder. (laughs) I don't know if they're going to want them in there either. So they're going to have to have, and let's face it, folks, this is going to be a little redundant and angry BIPOC folk in there. (laughs) Run to those climate healing circles for the other BIPOC climate activists or the queer or transgender plus folks in there, too. And can you see, white boy Malcolm X, can you see a bunch of transgenders and the BIPOC folks sitting around <laughs> in a climate healing circle, right? The BIPOC folks sitting there going, man, Whitey is destroying the environment. They are out to screw us and they're out to screw the environment. And you got the transgenders sitting there going, well, I just want to talk about how the TERFs, the TERFs are ruining the environment. The trans exclusionary radical feminists, they're out to get us and they're out to get Mother Earth. So they're not probably even going to be able to agree (laughs) on which of us to trash first. The white folks or those against the transgender and queer community. Although I'm sure there's a lot of overlap there. So I'm sure at some point they will hold hands and sing Kumbaya. And for our last story in our news quick hits, you queens out there, and I know who you are. You are going to get excited, 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 excited about this. (laughs) So throw away those condoms, girls. No, I'm just kidding. Keep those condoms. But you folks thought when I had news that they were going from a daily prep pill to a monthly prep pill, you folks were singing hallelujah from the... Top of all the mountains, right? You girls were going, man, I can take my prep pill and I can go out and go bang, 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 all the other boys. I am going to have a grand gay old time out <laughs> there. Just like those looting rioters out in Portland, I am going to have myself a grand gay old time and just screw all the boys because I only have a once a month pill now. <laughs> I don't have to worry about that damn pill every day now. <laughs> just once a month. You folks out there, you folks that got excited at that news, sit down, we I got even bigger news for you. New HIV vaccine based on Moderna's COVID jab shows huge promise after first human trials. And I hear those queens out there, white by Malcolm X, going, Oh, oh, my heart's all aflutter. Oh, Miller, stop. Miller, stop. I just can't hear anymore. That's just too good a news. That's like news from God himself. Yes, that's true, folks, but I'm going to give you just a little bit more. So take a deep breath. Get those smelling salts out. A new vaccine has shown huge promise in the fight against HIV with the treatment successfully stimulating the production of antibodies in human trials. The novel vaccine stimulated the production of rare immune cells needed to generate antibodies against HIV in 97% of participants in phase one of human trials. This makes it reportedly the most effective HIV vaccine to date. So white boy Malcolm X... Just remind me that we need to figure out who is manufacturing penicillin in this country because that, folks, if they have an HIV vaccine where these queens can go get a shot and they don't ever, ever, ever have to worry about HIV again, you think the rates of syphilis, gonorrhea and all the other fun stuff that comes along with that, you think those rates aren't going to skyrocket through the roof and beyond? You are wrong if you don't think that. So white boy Malcolm X, we have got to figure out who's manufacturing penicillin because I see a very, very bright future for those folks. You queens out there, settle down. It ain't here yet. And when it's here, you can still catch other things. So, Not that you're going to listen to me, but yeah, they never do, white boy Malcolm X. None of them listen to me. I tell those those teachers going, num, 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 num. i got to get me some of that teacher bait, right? They don't listen to me. And those queens out there, they ain't going to listen to me either. So you are going to get a very painful shot in the ass in your future if you don't. But hey, some of you queens out there I think are going to like that. Turns yellow a little bit going, oh, doctor, that hurt just a little bit. Give me more. <laughs> you dirty queens, behave yourselves. Okay, let's go ahead and jump into our news pile. And yes, wipe by macamex, X, gays at the front, smoking gun is at the back. I think we only have like six or seven, maybe eight news stories here. So let's go ahead and get through these because Wipe On Malcolm X, again, I still want a short podcast. And how is this for our first headline? YouTube takes action over James Charles' harmful message to teen boys. Uh Uh-oh, let's find out what this 21-year-old queen has gotten herself into. And Wipe On Malcolm X, before I dig into this, do you know who James Charles is? No clue. (laughs) He's the beauty influencer. (laughs) This queen is a train wreck, folks. Jesus Christmas. I had to do a little bit of research for this story and I'm like, man, this kid is a walking train wreck. But yeah, he is apparently messaging teen boy. So let's find out more. James Charles's YouTube channel has been temporarily demonetized after he admitted to sending inappropriate messages to two 16-year-old boys. And I'm assuming, folks, that temporarily demonetized from YouTube is probably like a, you know, like a slap on the wrist, (laughs) like a day or two for him. He'll be back in action before you know it. In a video uploaded to YouTube on April 2nd, the beauty influencer issued an apology for his actions, acknowledging that his conversations with 16-year-old fans should never have happened. He also claimed that he was not aware of their age when he began exchanging messages with the boys. (laughs) Man, James Charles, you, sir, you, ma'am, whatever your gender identity, you should go into teaching in high school. Oh, my goodness. Never get a boy to do a man's job. Goodness. Will nobody listen to me on that? YouTube told the BBC that James Charles' channel, which has 25 million subscribers, Jesus Christmas, folks, get a frickin' life already. This, This queen... Is your beauty influencer, my God, has been temporarily suspended from its partnership program, which allows YouTubers to make money on the platform. A spokesperson for the company addresses creator responsibility policy as the basis for its actions against Charles, which states, if we see that a creator's on and or off platform behavior harms our users, community, employees or ecosystem, we may take action to protect the community. In his apology video titled Holding Myself Accountable, James Charles told fans, I fully understand my actions and how they were wrong. He acknowledged that he had become aware on two occasions that the boys he was messaging were actually 16 years old. One of those incidents occurred last year and one more recently. <laughs> so, this stupid queen, she doesn't learn her lesson. <laughs> one 16 year old that wasn't enough for this idiot. He had to go chat up a second one. And folks, just for the crap and giggles of things, I actually downloaded his apology because I'm like, I got to see what this is about. Because I mean, I could read you what he said, but I've got a couple of clips here and I thought, why don't we go ahead and listen to these together just to get an appreciation for James Charles, the alleged aphibophile who chats up 16-year-old boys off of, uh, I guess, YouTube or whatever other platform he's chatting these little twinks up on. White Boy Malcolm X, I think that's your cue to start.
0: Hello, everyone. James Charles here. And Hi. Today, I'm going to be making a very important video about a very important yes. topic. Yes, it is. Uh, as many of you guys know, about two years ago now, I was involved with a very public online scandal in which... Some fellow YouTubers made some very serious accusations against me. And within the but past were couple they of true? weeks, similar accusations are being made again. And I think it's very important that I get on camera and
2: talk to you guys true? honestly about queen, what is true? going on. Queen, are they true? Queen, Queen, Queen. She's not even answering. <laughs> she ran away, White Boy Malcolm X. Queen, were they true? Couldn't even admit that. Hold on, folks. Hold on. We got more of that Queen. We got her official apology or at least part of it. So White Boy Malcolm X. You're doing a good job today. Cue it up. Let's hear it.
0: These conversations should have never happened. No, they period. shouldn't have. There's no excuse for it. There's no, no. And, ands, or buts. and I take full responsibility you pervert. for that. You high school I teacher. Trust the information that was given to me rather than the information I could have and should have. not taking responsibility. In both of these situations, doing research into these people's public social media profiles Stalker. would have revealed their true ages, and therefore these conversations would have never happened in the first place. But I didn't do the research, and that is what lazy is queen. Important. So embarrassing. <laughs> embarrassing. Um, as an adult, Stragic. it is my job yes, and my is. responsibility to yes. verify who I'm talking to. And therefore, there is no one to blame for this other than myself. You sure are trying um, to, though. To the guys involved with the situation, I would no, no, say, I'm no, sorry. No, 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 no. I'm sorry that I added you. You should be. I'm sorry that I flirted with you. And I'm really sorry if I ever you made you uncomfortable. dirty girl. It is completely unacceptable it is I was being reckless and totally reckless and finally realizing that this was my own fault I started it is your own fault and reflecting to really try and figure out why you're I was a horny queen to be so reckless in the first place
2: you know why you stupid queen <laughs> because you just want to be a high school teacher you want to tap that teacher bait. you're looking at your little 16 year old fans going oh, num, 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 num. I gotta get that fresh teacher break I gotta get that fresh teacher bait. I'm not even a teacher. <laughs> I'm a beauty influencer, so I guess it's... I gotta get that beauty influencer fanboy bait. <inaudible> Something like that. Good God. James Charles. Bless your stupid 21-year-old queen heart. Man, wiped wipe my X. Will that queen ever learn her lesson? No. <laughs> Ten bucks, she does it again. From Campus Reform... Harvard Epidemiologist. So yes, folks, another douchebag on the Harvard campus. No, I have absolutely no idea when they're going to run out of those. But every week, there's a new douchebag from Harvard proclaiming their infinite wisdom to the rest of us. But yeah, here's another one. Harvard Epidemiologist in Chinese dictator hat wants accountability. For anti-lockdown academics. And what they are referring to at Campus Reform is his Twitter profile picture that shows him wearing a green hat with a red star. And that is what the former Chinese Communist Party leader Mao Zedong wore throughout his role and the Chinese Cultural Revolution in the mid-1900s, where he slaughtered God knows how many tens of millions of Chinese. <laughs> this stupid silly queen probably masturbates. <laughs> The Mao Zedong dung by the going, ah, oh, ah, oh, internment camps, ah, oh, killing my political opponents. <laughs> what? Yes, the stupid, silly queen. Bitchy queen may be better. Well, <laughs> white boy Malcolm X, seriously, look. What do you see there? I'm not even going to wait for your stupid answer. Gay face, and look at that stupid little yippy dog. Only a queen would have a poodle... And yes, Summit Mistress, I am talking about Orlando Bloom, but white boy Malcolm X, only a bitchy queen would have a stupid little yippy dog like that. And that stupid gay face, those pursed lips, I am just, I'm a Harvard epidemiologist, and I know better than anyone else what to be done. So there, folks, that is why I call him a bitchy queen, a stupid, silly bitchy queen. But let's go ahead and find out more about him or her, whatever her pronouns are. After months of harsh COVID-19 lockdown restrictions, the country has slowly begun to reopen. While many scientists have come out in support of the return to normalcy, epidemiologist and Harvard fellow Justin Feldman has been an outspoken proponent of the lockdowns to the point of calling for scholars who disagree with him to face accountability. Feldman, a social inequality and state violence epidemiologist, According to his Twitter bio, recently authored a post attacking the so-called herd immunity and scolding academics who support it. Feldman labeled the idea not evidence-based and a product of right-wing think tanks like the Hoover Institute and American Institute for Economic Research. Feldman expressed similar thoughts in a Cheddar interview, saying, There are no people who are serious public health pandemic response experts who have any level of responsibility that say, let's try to build herd immunity. These are the few idiosyncratic scientists who have been cultivated by right-wing think tanks. This criticism comes in light of the Great Barrington Declaration, a statement from a group of scientists who have banded together calling for a focused protection approach to be put into practice, citing the grave concerns about the damaging physical and mental health impacts of the prevailing COVID-19 policies. The declaration, signed by more than 11,000 public health scientists and more than 33,000 medical professionals, calls for measures to protect those vulnerable to COVID-19, but suggests that those who are not vulnerable should immediately be allowed to resume life as normal. So not only, folks, not only is Destin Fellman a bitchy queen, he is a COVID Karen on top of that. Man. Feldman, of course, opposes this idea, suggesting that scientists who support it should be subject to some form of accountability. Man, wipe by Malcolm X, those re-education camp trains <laughs> that we keep talking about on the podcast where you folks who don't agree with the woke folk out there, you're going to the re-education camps. I guess if Justin Feldman gets his way, we're gonna need a bigger train. <laughs> because 11,000 public health scientists and 33,000 medical professionals are about to join us on the train. We believe there should be some form of accountability for the scientists who are using their credentials to further this campaign, Feldman wrote. Stanford, Oxford, and Harvard all have policies around disclosing conflicts of interest, and Harvard Medical School has restrictions on outside activities that consume more than 20% of one's time. We call on administrations at these universities to ensure that their policies are being followed and that the public is aware of the funding sources behind the campaign. So if I have this correct white by Malcolm X, and I just want to make sure I do for the folks out there, you have Justin Feldman, who is an insufferable douchebag on the Harvard campus, which is full of insufferable douchebags, right folks? I mean, it has David Hogg running around that campus. And if anyone is an insufferable douchebag, it is David Hogg, So. Yes, so you've got this bitchy queen, Justin Feldman, on one side, and you've got 11,000 public health scientists and 33,000 medical professionals on the complete other side. I don't know about you folks, and call me crazy, but I am not going to side with the bitchy queen at Harvard. (laughs) I'm going to take my chances with the 11,000 public health scientists and the 33,000 medical professionals who signed on to the Great Barrington Declaration. (laughs) Justin, bless your heart, dear, your over-inflated sense of self. Nobody gives a crap about what you have to say. You are only worth quoting to make a mockery of, dear. You are not taken seriously by anyone, especially when you wear that stupid douchebag hat, Mao Zedong, on your Twitter profile picture there. So just go back to torturing the folks on the Harvard campus. Leave the rest of us alone. And this next article, folks, goes perfectly with the previous story from the Washington Free Beacon. White liberals more likely to have mental health problems. (laughs) Yes, we know. Yes, yes, we know that for a fact. We know that twice a week from this podcast, reading all these news stories about how white liberals definitely have a huge, huge host of mental health problems. But let's find out a little bit more. White liberals are significantly more likely than other radical and ideological groups to be diagnosed with a mental health condition, according to science. The findings from a Pew Research Center survey published in March 2020 were the subject of a recent Twitter thread that inspired EV Magazine article on the possible scientific correlations between progressive ideas and mental illness. According to the survey, white liberals of all age groups were more likely to have been diagnosed with a mental health condition, compared with their moderate and conservative peers. The disparity was especially pronounced among young people aged 18 to 29, like anyone needed a survey for that, the most annoying demographic and the one with the worst opinions, generally speaking. Nearly half of young white liberals, 46%, reported being diagnosed with a mental health condition. That was significantly higher than the percentage of young white moderates at 26% and young white conservatives at 21% who reported a mental health diagnosis. Young white people who identified as very liberal were considerably more likely to report mental health problems, even compared with their peers who identified as liberal. Across all demographics, young white females, of course, who identified as liberal or very liberal were by far the most likely to report a mental health diagnosis. No kidding! In fact, a majority of young white liberal women, 56%, said that they had been diagnosed with a mental health condition. Compare with 28% of young moderate women and 27% of young conservative women. And folks, if we're going to talk about young white liberal women, those hysterical Gen Z and millennial chicks out there, rioting, looting, burning, and having a grand gay old time, 56% is what I would call a significant (laughs) lowball. The ideological disparity was also present, albeit less pronounced, among young white men. Within this demographic, 34% of liberals reported having mental health problems, compared with 22% of moderates and 16% of conservatives. And I suspect, folks, that those mental health problems had to do with an obsession and addiction to pornography and using that sex doll they got propped up in the corner of their parents' basement. Zach Goldberg, the doctoral candidate who dissected the Pew data on Twitter, suggested the disparity could be the result of white liberals being more likely to seek mental health evaluations. It could also indicate a genuine difference in personalities, he argued, given that white liberals are more likely to exhibit neuroticism, (laughs) according to the data. No kidding. White liberals in particular, who are often at the forefront of social justice movements that don't necessarily affect them directly, may be susceptible to white guilt and savior narratives, which are pretty much as bad as any genuinely racist agenda because it robs the very group they're trying to help of their own voice. So white guilt and a savior narrative, white boy Malcolm X. Who couldn't see that one coming? And I tell you what, though, folks, the BIPOC folks out there, they have started to figure that out. I mean, how many times now have BIPOC women complained about white women's tears, right? These hysterical millennial and Gen Z chicks out there making the social justice cause their own, making everything about them. Rushing into these uh, BLM riots and making it all about their helping the the poor downtrodden BIPOC folks. And the BIPOC folks are like, oh crap, here come the millennial white chicks again. Making it all about them. There they go with that flood of white women's tears. (laughs) Boo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo, honey. No, go back to the Upper East Side (laughs) so you can make your Sunday brunch. Leave the rest of us alone. (laughs) Man, oh man. And we should wipe by Malcolm X. We should start running a tally of the number of times BIPOC come out and start complaining about white women's tears. <laughs> it's got to start climbing up there at some point. And we should also, why I think about it, wipe by Malcolm X, we should also start a running tally of the number of white people who trash other white people, right? <laughs> because that is another thing that the BIPOC folks are starting to get in on because they're like, man. All these white people are trash and Whitey. They're taking all the fun away from us from doing it. So they're starting to get in on the action as well. But those stupid liberal white folks out there, they do not understand that they can pretend to be woke all they want. They can shed all the white women's tears that they want, but it is not going to save them at the end of the day. They are going on the re-education camp trains right along with the rest of us. So shed those tears, you hysterical white millennial and Gen Z women. Shed them. Cry your crocodile tears. Show how woke you are to the BIPOC folk before you run back to mommy and daddy and the safety of your white suburban neighborhood or the Upper East Side in Manhattan or wherever the hell you live, where it doesn't really affect you on a day-in, day-out basis, but you like to pretend it does, right? It's fun to riot and loot and burn and have a grand gay old time on the weekends with your girlfriends. And all your other dopey boyfriends following along just because they want a blow job. at the end of the day. They're not there for the fun of it. They just want you to blow them at the end of the day. <laughs> so when they're acting all woke, they're not. So let me just run that right by you so you two can argue about that later. <sighs> yes, we know they're all crazy. You haven't told us something. We haven't figured out on our own. This is from The College Fix. And uh-oh. Holy crap, Wipe my Malcolm X. How do I have not one, but two... Harvard stories in my news pile. Yes, folks, more Harvard douchebags (laughs) to report on. And here's this headline. Harvard Graduate School of Education to invest in anti-racism critical pedagogy. Like they don't invest enough, but let's find out a little bit more. The Harvard University Graduate School of Education will be taking major steps this summer to broaden its focus on diversity and inclusion... (laughs) Like, they don't focus on that like a laser already, with staff keenly dedicated to those topics. Dean Bridget Terry Long and Diversity, Equity, Inclusion, and Belonging Director Tracy Jones, and you only belong, folks, if you are not a white man, told the Crimson the school plans on the intentional hiring of staff with expertise in these areas. So yes, folks, they are going to bring on more woke folk at the Harvard University Graduate School of Education which reminds me of that story we had on Ohio State University, right? They had 150 woke folk running around that campus. And so they were going to hire another 50, but the new 50 were going to be put in the classrooms, right? Because they had the 150 to berate them when they weren't in the classroom. And then they were adding another 50 to get them when they were in the classroom, right? So they could beat up on Whitey. <laughs> Whitey could not go to class and escape it, right? Because if those 150 didn't get him going to class, The professor would give him a healthy serving of woke once he sat down in his seat. The HGSE has already hired a senior instructional coach for anti-racist pedagogy and is looking for a librarian whose focus is critical pedagogy. And can you see that, White Boy Malcolm X? The woke critical librarian. (laughs) Some poor hapless dope is going to walk in there and be like, "Uh Uh-huh. Do you have the latest Harry Potter book? And that woke librarian's gonna be like, like a vampire with, with holy water hiss, hissing at him. You know, get out! Get out! The poor kid's gonna like scamper off. You're gonna have some other dopey white chick in there with her white women tears. She'll be like, Do you have the latest Robin D'Angelo book? And this librarian whose focus is critical pedagogy. She's gonna be like, excuse me. What do you mean you want a book by a white woman? What kind of racist pig are you? Oh, princess, don't you shed your white women's tears with me, honey. That ain't gonna work. You want to come into my woke library? You need to order an Ibram candy book. Don't you be giving me no Robin D'Angelo, that white fraud. Get out of my library. Shh. Isn't that her too? Oh, my God. You idiots at the Harvard campus, man. This crap just writes itself. Jones said the school's redesign will collect data regarding diversity and inclusion. And folks, if any of you believe they're not already collecting that crap, you are a fool (laughs) for its master's program so as to improve such measures for every new group of students. Masters of Education students will have to demonstrate competencies in diversity, equity, and inclusion. And if you want to know what that looks like, all they need to do is write white people suck a thousand times and turn that in for their final thesis. Boom, you are cleared to graduate. White boy Malcolm X, I tell you what, I cannot wait to hear what those morons on the Harvard campus (laughs) come up with next. And I was going to say, folks, I was going to say that adding David Hogg to the campus lowered their IQ quite a bit, but... (laughs) I would almost feel bad for David Hogg saying that because I think they are stupid enough without him. But yeah, he just adds to the stupidity pool there. We are almost done, Wipe by Malcolm X. We are down to our last two stories and no, folks, no more woke. Thank God. No more stupidity on a college campus. But we got other stuff. And man, Wipe by Malcolm X, I think I'm losing my voice here. I can't... Uh, yeah, I'm getting a little hoarse, but oh well, we're gonna plot on through vocal cords or not. This one's from Adi Suez Canal blockage leaves Europe without garden gnomes and sex toys. And for some folks out there, I think garden gnomes could be sex toys, because <laughs> I know how some of you kinky queens are. <laughs> you weirdos with a garden gnome fetish. <laughs> but I think in this case, folks, I think that, uh, yeah, my voice is really breaking up. Oh well, sorry, folks, I do apologize. This folks, I think they mean garden gnomes and sex toys as completely separate items, not one and the same. The Suez Canal getting blocked by a cargo ship has to be one of the biggest f-ups in recent memory, and no folks, they did not just <laughs> they did not just use the letter f. The whole fiasco brought a good portion of global trade to a screeching halt. With the canal clogged, ships carrying goods and materials couldn't get to their destinations. As a result, people in countries around the world are now facing shortages with various things. But the UK might be having the worst time of all. The country is reportedly struggling with a lack of garden gnomes. We haven't seen a garden gnome in six months now, unfortunately. Ian Byrne, assistant manager of Highfield Garden World Store, told The Guardian. There aren't any. There's definitely a shortage, he added. You know what they need, though, White Boy Malcolm X, if they are running out of garden gnomes in uh, in England, they need Greta Thunberg. <laughs> I'll say it just like David Hogg, right? Greta Thunberg, that hysterical 18-year-old brat, she needs to get out there and champion for garden gnome recycling <laughs> so they can recycle those garden gnomes there in England and they don't even have to worry about having them shipped in <laughs> any further. So if you queens out there have used your garden gnome, and we'll say in your garden, but we'll use that <laughs> Not in a literal sense, <laughs> but if you queens out there have used up your garden gnome, hopefully, someday, maybe, possibly, Greta Thunberg can get out there and set up a garden gnome recycling center so you can have a brand new garden gnome, and you will not be held hostage to the Suez Canal getting blocked up, and the garden gnomes is made in China, of course. Probably carrying a little bit of that coronavirus with them, and you can get one whenever you need one, and I know how you queens are. <laughs> but folks... If you think that Great Britain running out of garden homes is enough of a crisis, if you're like, oh, Miller, that was exhausting. I feel so bad for those folks in Great Britain. I mean, not only do they have to deal with that dope Prince Harry and Meghan Markle, that fame whore wife of his, not only do they have to deal with them, and Prince Charles, he's kind of a creeper, and Prince Andrew and all the other nut jobs in the royal family, not only do they have to deal with that, but now they're out of garden homes. What else? What else could go wrong, Miller? What else could go wrong? Folks, listen to this. And especially while I still have my voice. Speaking of the rest of Europe, it's not just garden gnomes that are in short supply. Some countries, like the Netherlands, face a shortage of the fleshier variety. Namely, one of the ships stuck in the canal was carrying, get this, folks, 20 containers filled with sex toys. Holy crap! Now that, folks, that is a lot of sex toys. From dildos to vibrators and male masturbation aids. <laughs> and folks, I have no idea what they're talking about there. White Boy Malcolm X. <laughs> Not that I would assume you would know the answer to this, but do you have any idea, sir, of what a male masturbation aid would be? A fleshlight. Oh, Okay. <laughs> Shows you what I know, folks, but yes, a male masturbation, aid. I would figure for you queens out there, a dildo or a vibrator would do the trick, but maybe, I guess you also need a fleshlight. On top of all of that, the ship's carnal cargo had something to scratch every itch. Unfortunately, there was no way for the goods to reach lusty customers. EDC Retailer, the largest sex toy retailer in the Netherlands and Belgium, said it had nothing to offer its customers, so folks, they were sold out. Of dildos and vibrators and male masturbation aids to offer its customers since most of its existing toy stock had been swept up earlier in the year during Valentine's Day. Oh, <laughs> you folks out there going, I want to get my partner a dildo for Valentine's Day, and you got it, and now no one else has the opportunity to have their own. Due to the shipping blockade, the company predicts it lost millions of dollars. Although ships can again slide in and out of the canal, sex toy retailers are still left (laughs) unsatisfied. It is annoying that such a hitch will continue for a long time before the rhythm in the transport chain is restored, lamented EDC Retail CEO Everteen Magerman. Just like with garden gnomes, the sex toy situation was further exacerbated by the pandemic. Some sex stores have seen sales triple during the lockdown. Suppose gardening can't satisfy all needs. Now, I know folks, and you folks who listen to the podcast on a regular basis, you know that we know that the Europeans, they love their sex parties, right? Because they have the legs in the air party over in Brussels, Belgium, and they do all sorts of weird stuff in all corners of Europe, right? They need, folks, they need 20 containers filled with sex toys just to keep up with current demand. I mean, how many sex toys can one continent hold, right? If they're shipping... 20 containers of sex toys over and over and over and over again. Europe, folks, is nothing but one big sex toy closet. At the end of the day, you can look under any bed, look in any dresser, open up any closet, and boom, there's a dildo there or a vibrator or some male masturbation aid like a flashlight lurking around, kind of like a white supremacist lurking in the shadows. It's all there, but not seen by anyone. Yeah, so if you work for the EU out there and you're listening to this podcast, I have an interesting metric for you. I suspect you folks already track it, but I am just curious, how many dildos per capita does the average European have? Because I guarantee you, folks, if they're getting 20 cargo containers full of dildos every couple of weeks, every couple of months, man, that has got to be a lot of dildos out there. And I know you queens out there, I know you got the bulk of them. And the one person, folks, the one person I know that has not taken advantage of 20 cargo containers full of sex toys is Angela Merkel. Because if you have looked, if you have looked at her face lately, that woman is perpetually unhappy. She has a scowl like, oh, white boy Malcolm X, I know what we need to get Greta Thunberg for her 18th birthday. Maybe we can turn that scowl into a smile one of these days. So you folks in Europe, if you are there at the cargo port when these dildos come in, these sex toys come in, these vibrators and whatever else is coming in, please, for the love of God, for the sake of humanity, get Greta Thunberg at least one of those containers. (laughs) Just take the whole damn container and drop it off at her freaking house and we can sleep a little bit better at night. Okay, folks, here's our last story. Yes, it is a smoking gun story. Not the best smoking gun story, folks, but like I've said earlier, when God gives you lemons, you make delicious lemonade. And here's this headline Women try to use $1 million bill at dollar store. And yes, folks, there are a whole lot of idiots in this article. Two women sought to use a $1 million bill to purchase merchandise at a Dollar General store in Tennessee, police report. And man, folks, I am, quite frankly, I have to be honest with you, I am a bit surprised. This did not take place in Florida, but in Tennessee, but hey, Tennessee is close enough that the crazy has probably bled up there. According to investigators, the duo appeared last Monday morning at the convenience store in Maryville, a Knoxville suburb. Their attempts to use the counterfeit bill was thwarted by a sentient Dollar General employee who called the cops. <laughs> and can you see that wipe by Malcolm X? She probably called the manager first. She's probably like, uh, Uh, bail? Bill, I got some customers here and they got a full shopping cart, but they're trying to pay for it with a $1 billion bill. I don't think we got change for that, do we? Do we have that in the safe? I don't have the code. He's probably like, you dummy, call the cops. Oh, why? I mean, I just, all we need to do is get him the correct change. Dummy, call the cops. Okay. <laughs> a sheriff's deputy dispatched to the Dollar General, bless his heart for a suspicious incident, spoke with Amanda McCormick, 39, who possessed the counterfeit bill. McCormick, who lives about four miles from the store, was accompanied by a relative, Linda Johnson, 61. McCormick told the cop that she received the $1 million bill in the mail from a church, but was unable to provide additional information about the purported house of worship's largesse, as first reported by the Daily Times. So this stupid chick, when the popo shows up and is like, where'd you get that dollar bill? What's the first thing she does? She drags Jesus into this. <laughs> now I feel bad for Jesus. <laughs> Because he's being roped into a counterfeit million dollar bill at a Dollar General store. Bless your heart, Jesus. As detailed in a Blount County Sheriff's Office report, McCormick had a shopping cart full of various items from inside the store, including several gift cards to various businesses. McCormick claimed she was going to use the money to purchase items for care packages for homeless individuals. (laughs) So not only do I have to say poor Jesus, but the homeless, this stupid chick, White Boy Malcolm X, she is dragging Jesus and the homeless into this. I can see here. Well, officer, officer, I got this $1 million bill and I got it there from the church. And you know what I was going to do with it? I came here with this shopping cart and I got all these gift cards here, officer. And I was going to take these gift cards and I was going to give them to the homeless because you know, around here in Knoxville, we got a lot of homeless people. So I was going to take this million dollars that Jesus Christ Himself mailed me and I got it from Him. And He wanted me to take this money. And He said to me, Amanda, Amanda, this is sweet baby Jesus, and I want you to go down to the Dollar General store, and I want you to buy gift cards, and I want you to take them, and I want you to give them out to the homeless. And that's all I was doing, officer. I was following the word of our Savior and our Lord Jesus Christ. When questioned by the deputy, Johnson disavowed knowledge of the $1 million bill and said she was only riding with Miss McCormick to run errands today. So this poor deputy, (laughs) after hearing Amanda McCormick give him a spiel about how Jesus Christ himself, sweet baby Jesus, gave her a million-dollar check so she could go down and buy gift cards to hand out to the homeless. Her relative, standing there listening to this, going, uh, yeah, I have absolutely no idea what she's talking about. (laughs) I'm not with her. I am not with stupid in this case. While the incident was classified by the sheriff's office as fraud by false pretenses, So I guess, folks, he did not believe her story about Sweet Baby Jesus sending her a million bucks so she could buy gift cards for the homeless. McCormick and Johnson were not arrested. Boo! Boo! That sucks, folks. How can you have a smoking gun story and nobody is arrested? (laughs) This story sucks. I changed my mind. Instead, they were issued a verbal no-trespass warning, prohibiting them from returning to the Dollar General store. And yes, folks, they did confiscate the million-dollar bill that Sweet Baby Jesus gave gave to that stupid dolt Amanda McCormick to buy gift cards for the homeless. And on that note, since I cannot top this dumb redneck woman trying to buy gift cards for the homeless with a fake million-dollar bill, since I cannot top that, let's go ahead and plug-pull this podcast. Thank you all so much for coming by this midweek Wednesday podcast of The Miller Frost Show. I am your host, Miller Frost, here as always with my fake black friend, white boy Malcolm X, Remember, if you want to get hold of me, my email is Miller at MillerFrostOnline.com. My parlor handle is at MillerFrost. And seriously, folks, if you are on the platform, come on by and say hello. Have a great rest of your week, a great start to your weekend. I am going to give my voice. I don't think anyone's going to believe me if I say I'm going to shut up for three or four days, but I am going to try to give my voice a rest. But Have a great couple of days, and we will see you back here on Sunday. In the meantime, take care.